Warning, this podcast contains explicit language because Jesus doesn't like dirty words. Today's story is about being convinced at a convention. When I was about 15 years old, I went to a Catholic convention somewhere here in the Midwest. But first, a little religious background. I grew up Catholic here in the Midwest. My parents and grandparents are Catholic. I went to Catholic school. I did all of the Catholic stuff. I went to vacation Bible school every year. I did the Sunday school stuff. I did church three times a week at minimum. I was every Tuesday, Thursday at school, and then Saturday night with my parents. And these were hour, hour and a half long events for me in my life. And I started to loathe going to church. But I didn't hate church because of any philosophical differences at first. I mean, yeah, they developed later on, but... At first, it was very childish. It was because I wasn't allowed to run. I wasn't allowed to talk. I wasn't allowed to jerk off unless, you know, you went to the bathroom first. And then you had to dress nicely. You could only wear a collar and there's no stains allowed on your shirt or your clothes or anything like that. There was no questions allowed. And the trouble was worse because it wasn't just that you weren't following the instructions or the agreed upon norms. It was because you were being irreverent towards God and his message. And we would receive judgment from all of the members because you would be front and center in front of everybody. But eventually the childish reasons and the jerking off gave way to more adult philosophical differences. For example, the hatred and loathing of gay people and hating foreigners and people who are different. I still wasn't allowed to question things. And even if I did question them, I was dismissed as a child and not taken seriously. And I was never given a straight answer on anything I asked. But even in those trying and uncertain times, there was a silver lining. There was a priest that I really connected with and he put things in terms that made sense to me logically. And one of his quotes I could still remember is that, I forgive you, you giant ball of slime when it comes to confession. And Now that man is in a mental institution. So the one guy I connect with is the one that went crazy. So a lot of this became iffy by the time I was about 10 years old. I stopped wanting to go and I would make up excuses to get out of it. I would go to the bathroom constantly. I would be out exploring the ground and down in the basement. And finally, I just stopped speaking. My mother took this as an affront to her parenting and started making me go four times a week. So it'd be Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday. And I still wouldn't say anything. So my mother took it upon herself by stealing a missalette. Now, if you don't know what a missalette is, it is a Catholic guide to like a daily mass thing. It has all the readings and the music that they say and all the responses. And I told her she broke a fucking commandment because she stole something. And she said, oh, it's okay. It's for Jesus. Now, She made me write all of those responses that we would say to the priest out at home. And I still wouldn't say anything the week after. So she made me write all of the mass entirely from the missalette onto a piece of paper until I started promising that I would say something. But eventually my stubbornness won out and we agreed upon an amnesty and a ceasefire. 
I would suffer and go to church with them once a week on Saturdays as long as I lived with them, or at least as long as I was monetarily dependent on them. If I'm living under your house, I'll follow your rules, is kind of what we said to each other. Now, when I left and went to college, I did try other faiths, and I went on other faithful journeys, but those are other stories for other times. But now I have settled as an atheist, and I am loving every bit of it making sense to me. So cut back to the main story where I'm 15 years old and I'm going to a Catholic convention for people from all around the Midwest. And I remember I was being forced to go or I was being bribed to go. Maybe it was being bribed by not going to church for a week or two or, you know, something along those lines of just trying to make mom happy. Now, this trip was taken with a priest in a van of believers, and I got to ride shotgun because I was extraordinarily tall, and I wouldn't actually fit in the back or it would crush my knees. And I remember talking with the priest the entire time there, and I started asking my questions finally that I had had for years about the problem of evil and the first cause argument and other Bertrand Russell things that I had read. And I still got no clear answer from him. And I got told to stop asking and that at the convention, I would be finding my faith and all this other stuff. So when we got to the convention, the thing that struck me was that there were so many people. There were tens of thousands of people from all over the Midwest coming to the stadium in order to do the convention. And we had a breakout sessions for everything. And one of the breakout sessions I remember the most was the questions for Christ breakout session. Now, as I'm reading this in the pamphlet, it says you get to speak privately with priests and bishops and cardinals from all across the Midwest. And it's kind of a confession and guidance kind of thing. So it was open all convention long. And they would rotate priests and bishops and cardinals out so that we could get a full understanding and talk to people from all around the Midwest. Now, I thought to myself, finally, this is going to work out. I can ask my questions. I would go in there for three and a half hours or so at a time, just talking. And I got passed from priest to priest to bishop to cardinal. I got to talk to everyone. And I was finally being able to narrow down my questions. Now, I would go into my questions, and I could sit and talk about that for hours, but that's not the point of this podcast. This is the story of what happened to me on those two days. So I go to the hotel that day, and I'm just swimming with ideas and thoughts, and I'm excited to go back for day two, and I see that the Questions for Christ is open again the next day. So I go in there the next day, and I enter and I start talking, and I just spend all day in that one breakout session. I get past priest to priest, and then finally, my priest shows up. And when he walked into the area, I saw him roll his eyes, because he knew how long this conversation was going to take. So we talked for, I would say, over four hours about Bertrand Russell's work, about Dawkins' work, about Hitchens' work, and I talked to him about all the scientific literature I've been reading on the subject. And about two hours in, he started asking me questions for guidance in life. 
as in what does human nature mean and and how things could be different than what they are in a Catholic sense. And I started telling him about it. And this man who drove me here and dismissed my questions was actually listening to me for the first time. And he started to break down and he said, it's all bullshit. So then we began his confession and he began telling me about many of the priests and the bishops and the cardinals that started off believing, but while in the faith, like they figured out that it was all bullshit like he did. And they had a safe job. They had demand. They had money. They had all this safety net underneath them, but it was all contingent on a lie. So they chose to stick with the lie rather than to start over. He said he was really interested in counseling and to help other people through talking and helping them work through their problems. And this priesthood was something that was paid for by the Catholic. It was free schooling. It still had the same end result. And he believed at the time, but now he doesn't anymore. And his family being so proud and all the social pressure in being a priest and the respect that you get and the money that you get. And he talked to me next about all the true believers and how they are not to be trusted. He told me how the true believers of the Catholic faith are the ones to watch out for because they were able to justify things because they're the messenger of God. And some of the things they were able to justify was stealing, he said, was a big one. And he went into detail about how to steal the money and how he could easily do it and how it's been done and how it's been covered up. And then about fucking children and He warned me when I was 15, he told me to be careful about going off with a priest by myself or letting my friends go off to talk to a priest by themselves because you would get fucked in the ass by a priest at that time. And they only report to God's law. They saw themselves as above human being law. So everything they did, they would ask for a confession or do a confession. They'd be absolved. So the only law that mattered to them was God's law. After telling me all that stuff, there's like a weight had lifted off of his shoulders. And he started talking about how I should live my life and gave me life advice. He said that to follow what I wanted, what I saw as good and saw as right and moral, and to use my brain for something that's good and something that matters and something that will ultimately help others. And he pieces out and he leaves me and I know we're done. And I go out to the lobby and I'm just sitting in the chair in the lobby, dumbfounded. And I'm trying to spin this and make sense of all this. And I'm thinking to myself that he's, this is another trick. He's trying to manipulate me into thinking that I was correct and that it's okay to not have faith and still be Catholic or vice versa. And I'm trying to puzzle this all out. And they tell me it's time to go to the big mass that they're going to have for everyone. And we go to this big arena And there are tens of thousands of people praying. And I'm still reeling over what this priest said. My priest, who's sitting seven seats away from me, what he said to me and about how all of this was admittedly bullshit. And I have this horrifying thought that all these people in here are so fervent in their belief 
and I'm the outsider. I am him are hidden. We're the outsiders. And what happens if we're found out? And I'm thinking about this during the mass and in the middle of the mass in a Catholic mass, you get up and you get handed the Eucharist. And my priest handed me the Eucharist as if he was unaware of the crisis that is going on inside of me. So I am just reeling all night and I go to bed uncertain and I wake up the next day and it's time to go back home. And as I go back home, I'm still riding shotgun. The priest is still driving and we no longer talk to one another about problems with God or Jesus or anything that Bertrand Russell or Hitchens or Dawkins said. We don't talk about any of that. We talk about what to do when we got back, homework, assignments, and his parishioners and people he had to help and all prepping for mass that he had to do for next Sunday. And we don't talk about any of it. We get home, my parents pick me up from the church and we say goodbye and I head out and he goes on with his life. And about two weeks later, we find out that our priest is quitting. He admits to everyone that he wants to start a family and that he's no longer a believer in the Catholic faith. And he now has five kids and is a farmer and is non-religious and an outspoken atheist. And the reason why I know this is because I saw him again at a Walmart parking lot, no less. We talked for an hour, maybe an hour and a half in the sun. He told me about his family and about his kids and about what he does now. And he told him about going to college and being an engineer and then being a teacher and meeting my wife. And I told him that I turned into an atheist and he laughed at me and he said that he turned into one too. And then he gave me the weirdest and probably the most meaningful compliment I've ever received. He told me that our conversation is what directly led to him quitting. And it was because I gave him the courage to start over. He said that at 43, he thought he was going to die miserable and unhappy. And our conversation pointed out how life could be different and how he could change himself. And it all started because of our little conversation. And I didn't know how to take it, so I just said thank you. And I complimented him back like you do. And I said, you helped me as well. And you pushed me out of something that was destroying me as well. And then I wished him luck and he wished me luck and I never got to see him again. So former father, if you're out there and if you're listening to this, know that it's you and that you had a major impact in my life. And I hope that you're doing okay. And if you're not, or if you've changed sides or if you'd just like to talk more, please use the contact information at midweststorytime.com and talk to me about it. And I'd love to hear from you again. And that is the end of my story for today. And if you liked it, please hit the like and subscribe button so you can listen to more. The music today was provided by the Supercontinents. My website is midweststorytime.com. And until I see you next time, remember to keep looking up.